there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is a secret alien, a statue maker, a road racer, gooey zombie, the genie in the zummy, photo hiding, girlfriend picture crumbling, laser shooting, punishment book, uh, punishment book owning, stair falling demon kid, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing great. Awesome. Although, bittersweet. That's the last time I'll be anything cool. Well, and maybe. last time I'll be anything that cool. Yeah, you're right. I'll just be it's one all thing from, from now on. Yawn. Fucking boring. Except for the next episode, when you are literally just Brandon. Again. Gross. That's the worst. Well, I'm glad I don't have to That's experience it. the worst that. thing I can be. <laughs> so how are you doing today, Brandon? Doing alright. Are you ready to talk about everything Season 7 and the show in general? Oh my god. I am so ready. Some would say this is what we've been leading up to. Others would skip this episode. Who would say that? <laughs> Nobody. Me? I don't know. <laughs> We're done though, for Brandon. Years. Yeah. To get to this point, like almost two years. Oh my god. Are you ready to? Uh, we got. You know what, Brandon? We got a lot to talk about. Okay, we can't have all this jibber jabber. You know. All right. We got. Get, we got questions. Get to the goods. We have perhaps the most amount of questions that we've had so far, and you know Rightfully we got to rank so. some stuff. I yeah right. So, you want to just get into it? Yeah. Shoot. All right. Well, the first question comes from Kim. She wants to know, Brandon, what is the biggest difference living in the U.S. and Australia, other than the spiders and freestanding spider webs? What do you like most about Australia? What do you miss about the United States? Um, Biggest difference, I think, obviously, like, for me, it's the climate, which we've yeah. discussed plenty. Yeah, we discussed it, like, every week. hate heat. <laughs> I just... I hate it. It's the worst. The sun is the worst. The I sun know. is the worst thing that's ever happened to planet Earth. It just wants to give you cancer. That's all it wants. And I don't want it. Like, no thanks. Yeah. You can keep it. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, that may not be the most exciting answer, but uh, it's weather. Yeah. I mean, other than people, the thing I miss <laughs> the most from America is snack foods. The snack food scene in America is just, man, it's wild. Like... We know how to make unhealthy shit in America. We've perfected it. We are masters sure. at that. Here, they're like, I don't know, like, you can, this is corn flavored. In its <laughs> limited edition, you can get it for one week. I want to expand upon this question just a little bit and ask, is there anything in Australia that you, like, food-wise anyway, that you really enjoy now that isn't available in the United States? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Now, that uh, Tim, is a Tim shame. Tams are real nice, but they sell those in America some places now, I think. Tim Tams. I think I might have seen it in, like, the, uh, you know, foreigner aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that's what they call it. So, I want to know, like, you guys are making dinner or whatever. Is there anything that is, um, I don't want to just call out your whole fucking family. Like, is there anything weird that you guys eat regularly? Weird? Not really. No. Like, okay. today for dinner... We had meat pies and oh, I love meat pies. hot chips, which is fries. Oh, okay. All right. So this question is for both of us. This is still from Kim, too. If we could live in any other country other than where you live right now, where would you want to live? Oh. I'm just going to say it, Brandon. I'm going to say Canada for me. I would be okay with being a Canadian. It might be Canada for me. It's the easiest transition, I think. It's right there. I'd be totally fine with moving to, like, Prince Edward Island. Can you imagine, like, fucking... I mean, well, I get Okay, you're on an island, so... 
Yeah, it's like it's like America, but just different enough that it's like uncanny valley like Yeah. Tim also wants to know, she's looking for a new show to binge. Do you have any suggestions? And remember, Brandon, this is my wife, so what you suggest may be what I have to watch too. So choose wisely. Um well I've suggested that you watch Superstore. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I, w- I would continue to recommend that because it's a great show. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. I think we still have Brooklyn Nine Nine to watch, and I kind of want to watch Wandavision. So we have a couple of things. I want to watch Wandavision too, but I also haven't seen any of the Marvel movies, so I feel like I should watch all ninety of the Marvel movies. But I just think Wandavision looks so cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's our problem too. Like, well, not really, because we kind of seen most of them. But right now we're watching all the older ones with our son. Mm-hmm. So. We're up to uh, the second Thor movie right now. We just watched the first Avengers. I was Avengers. just going to say, like, I feel like I'd get stuck on the second <laughs> Thor movie. <laughs> I've never seen the second Thor movie, so I don't know how bad it is. But, like, we just watched Avengers last night, so that's what's next. There, on Disney Plus, they do, like, a chronological order that you can watch them. So we watched, like... Oh, really? Uh, that's yeah. cool. Like, we watched um, Captain America and then Miss, uh, Captain Marvel and then, you know iron man's and the first thor and all that so yeah i like i'm excited to get to wandavision because i think it looks awesome too and i love elizabeth olsen and uh she's actually my favorite avenger so <laughs> well i don't know because i haven't seen any of those movies but ah uh, someday i will i know it's okay all right final question from kim you are both back at the directors and producer set of are you afraid of the dark and you've been asked to make a two-part laser maze tell us the story you can recast if you feel necessary. Money is not an issue. All right. Well, first thing I would do is get the hell out of that laser maze. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. You get out of the laser maze and you quickly get in through that teleporter into whatever other dimension or planet these aliens or beings who are watching these gladiatorial laser tag competitions. Yes, exactly. I want to see what the hell is their deal. Why they want to watch... Robot teenage girls shoot each other with fake lasers. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know what's going on there. Yes, I uh, totally agree. And and as far as recasting, I don't think any recasting is necessary. No, Everybody was perfect. Not. We just need <laughs> to go to that planet and then just start kicking everybody. Yes. Those girls need to warp to that planet and they need to be side to side, back to back and be like, all right, I want we got to be like kicking that scene to do. In John Wick where he's just headshotting. Everyone constantly, but it's head kicks. <laughs> uh, I would, I would pay money to see that. They're oh my just gosh. walking through nightclubs like kick, hop, jump, It'd be the perfect episode. All right, let's move on here. So Brett wants to know what did you two learn the most or gain from completing this portion of the podcast. I feel like I learned a lot, Brandon. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I have gained a critical eye when it comes to watching television to movies it made me interested in directing in a way that i never thought i would be interested in in terms of like uh, just watching these episodes you could see the way that the directors thought about how to how to work these shots and and you know they had an idea and they figured out how to do it and i i really appreciate that yeah absolutely i have never watched something with the intention of breaking it down dissecting it and discussing it really like, I'd consider myself a big movie fan, but the way I watch movies is I just let them wash over me. I'm not picking yeah. apart plot details or symbolism or anything like that, generally. So, 
this is the first time I've ever been like, hmm, why did they do that? Why did, why did they set the shot up this way? Uh, mostly so I could make fun of it, but also... Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> also, just, you know, it's interesting how these things are made. Aaron Cerise, I think I'm saying that wrong, sorry Aaron, on Twitter wants to know, if you could rewrite and recast any episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which episode would it be, and who would you cast as the leads? How would your rewrite be different? I have a really good idea. I'm just going to take the lead on this one for a second. I have a great idea um, that would improve the Tale of the Jagged sign a lot. Oh, really? You know, as somebody that's worked in a nursing home before, I think that focusing more on Marjorie and her, like, Alzheimer's and her instead of this random ghost would have been more beneficial, I think. And you know what? Alzheimer's is scary, so... Maybe some real words, real world spooks would be okay to have in the show. Yeah, and why not? Let's make let's make Marjorie Betty White too, just for fun. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and we definitely need to get rid of uh, Claudia or whatever her name was because she was the worst. Uh, Kate as Hillary Hawk, you know Hillary Hawkins as Kate, she can stay, but you know let's make uh, Claudia fucking I don't know uh, Emma Emma Stone. Sure, boom. How old was she then? Like five? Uh, yeah, probably. You know, whatever. <laughs> All right. She, as old as we are, probably. I think. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So she would have been like six. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think that the tale of the jagged sign could really use a rework on the script. Make it more about um. Maybe make it more about Marjorie, her experiences in the nursing home, uh, and and dealing with Alzheimer's. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go for a pretty obvious one that uh, needs some fixing up. Tale of the Misfortune Cookie. You remember that one? <laughs> I do, because we answered this question last one. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, Kim asked us if we could change uh, up Misfortune Cookie. All right, well, then but, I'll say something different, but I have to think No, it's okay. We, we didn't talk about, like, the plot of it. How would you change the plot to make it better? Um, It just it, it needs something more interesting than, you know... Your grandpa's dead now. Yes. And here's what life would be like if there was this weak-ass warrior who couldn't do anything. (laughs) There's just nothing. Nothing in that episode that I think goes right or doesn't need fixing. So, I mean, you've got this idea of, you know, this misfortune cookie and, you know, fortune goes bad. That could go in so many different ways. That would be... could have been good. Interesting. Literally anything. Do anything else. And that episode is improved. I mean, with a name like Misfortune Cookie, you open the door to anything, any possibility. You open yep. up a fortune cookie and it's like, hey, a uh, fucking a street lamp is going to fall on your head and you have to figure out how to stop it. You know, it could yeah. be anything. Your parents are going to die, but it doesn't say how. So you have to figure out how to save your parents. Yeah, Misfortune Cookie is probably um, a good one to have <laughs> everything and, changed uh, about. Teresa, was that the sister's name? Yeah. Uh, I would make sure she says hubbub. Like, it's funny and all, but uh, it's hubbub, sweetie. I don't know, Brandon. I think we need to keep it hubba, okay? Because that is obviously the best part of the whole episode. Not in my town. <laughs> Matt Smith on Twitter wants to know, in the episode The Tale of the Lunar Locusts and The Tale of the Last Dance, which boyfriend would win the award for jerk of the season? Jake or Michael? <sighs> I think this is Michael, a no-brainer. Hands yeah. down. I think Jake was stupid more than he was intentionally malicious. He was just a horny dude, so... He was horny and stupid 
like criminally stupid, but still, I feel like he's not trying to be evil. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hell, you cannot, you can't tell me that when Tara Lipinski comes around, you're not going to be like, <laughs> all right, fuck. Like if, sorry, Kim, but if Tara Lipinski, <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can't. I can't finish that. (laughs) I can very much tell you that I would be like, get out of here, Tara Lipinski. Anarchy Cian Fraco. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry, man. On Twitter, says hypothetical. I know. I'm I'm the worst. Hypothetical. Before the first season begins, DJ decides seven cast members is too much and wants to cut two characters. Your job is to suggest which Midnight Society kids get erased. Who do you choose? Wow. Uh, I mean, this is before the first season? I think so, yeah. Okay, this so, is so easy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I Go ahead, who? Betty Ann and Gary, obviously. Oh, for sure. Everybody hates them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric is like yeah. an easy one, so that's Eric, so basically Eric you're asking us to so cut one on. other one. Who other than Eric would you want to get rid of? I'd say David. Yeah, I mean... In hindsight, definitely David, because he was the worst. But I thought David was cool for, like, the first two or three episodes. Yeah, you did. You liked David. I really did. And then he was like, Christian, can you tell me your bathwater? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He became that guy. And, yeah. So, Eric and David, you're out of there. I think that's unanimous. Eric, David, you're out. We got a question from Matt Smith. On Instagram, he wants to know, do you or Brandon follow the four R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, and recover, created by the protector from the tale of the Stone Maiden? No. I was going to ask if you even recycle at all in in Australia. No, we actually do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because, like, if we're going to move to Canada, Brandon, like, we wanted to, I'm pretty sure uh, recycling is, like, a law there. (laughs) So Yeah. Like, we we have three bins from the council. One is for general waste, one is for recycling, and one is for lawn, you know, grass clippings and whatnot. Yeah. And they're color-coded and cute. Fantastic. Um, we also recycle, so... I know there's some people in the United States that don't, but we take the time and we... We don't sort it out. I never did growing anything, up, but honestly. I did. I did growing up, too. And then I grew up and I was like, dude, what? I know. It's so easy. Like, why not? Although, I will say... Recently, they, um, my state or area or whatever decided that they don't want to be taking glass anymore. So we have to throw away like our pasta sauce glasses and stuff. And it's really annoying. But Mm. aside from that, yeah, we recycle. Robin at Black Case Diaries, you know, good buddy Robin wants to know, what are you afraid of the dark villain would you most like to face in real life? I think I could take out the Crimson Clown. I'm not going to lie. I mean, all you would have to do is... What, not be Sam? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. pretty much just hates this one child. But we all did, so... <laughs> yeah, we I were be all the Crimson, Crimson Clown's side. I'm not facing him. <laughs> I'm facing Sam with him. Yeah, exactly. Like, we'd be pointing him out like, You just ran into the closet, get him! <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let's see. I'd probably, if I were facing them in some kind of battle, I'd want one that I feel like I could... I could take on pretty easily, and when it comes to that, like, is there any... Well, I guess there's actually a few villains who are taken out pretty comically easy. Yeah. But obviously, like... Goth comes to mind as, <laughs> as oh, being uh, pretty ridiculous. I would say another easy one would be the Taylors. I mean, okay, so it's kind of different, though, because we're not children, 
but like the tailors would be super non-threatening like yeah they're lizard people or whatever but like come on just play some music on your phone and they're dead um the watcher in watchers woods was he's just like shouted at a little bit and then he was obliterated he was threatened by uh, a lighter or something okay he was like oh you're gonna burn me fuck this and he just I thought she was just like get away from me and he was like okay <laughs> almost and disappeared <laughs> but yeah he seems like he'd be pretty easy to just have no problems with for sure for sure so uh shane she wanted to know what our favorite season and episode was as well as our least favorite season and episode we're probably going to cover that in a little bit though so i think we should just skip that one for now sorry shane you'll know soon tristan wants to know what scene character or line sticks out the most to both of you from any season <sighs> Oof. i feel like for me beth from the tale of the lonely ghost yeah. is like so iconic still i don't think that there's a day that goes by where i don't think about or say don't touch my stuff i mean i was discussing beth with my wife like <laughs> yesterday that's really great like like she comes up we talk about her she's the best don't touch my stuff i also think about six bucks a lot and um of course like you know when the mom and the dad at the mom and the dad and captured souls are like, let's do it. Ah. Yeah, because we do you know, that that's every week when we start the episode. Every single week. You, we cut it most of the time, but like we do it regardless. But rest assured, every episode starts with, let's do it all right. <laughs> Just having a goof. I think about goofing oh, yeah. a lot. There's a lot. Uh, the show's given us a lot to work with. And it might be one of my favorite parts about watching it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Good stuff. Joey at Big Orange Couch Podcast wants to know what episode is the best so bad it's good? Um, Great question. I'll get to that one later (laughs) as well. Okay. All right. I won't spoil it because I'm sure I know which one it is as well. So Charlie08K wants to know what is your favorite movie or TV show that you could watch repeatedly? I'm going to say probably Futurama and Arrested Development. Yeah. The first three seasons. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right uh did they make a fifth season of arrested development they have and i've never seen it i've never seen it either. that's that's something that kind of gives me a laugh is that now that we finished this i've seen all of are you afraid of the dark like not counting the new seasons because they're they're kind of a different thing yeah but some of my favorite shows i haven't seen entire seasons of it's pretty great um, I think for me, I could go back and watch any episode of Parks and Recs and still have a really good time with it. Yeah, Except for like some of one. season one, but eh. Parks and Recs is great. Season one is like, you've got to get through it on your first viewing to get to the good stuff. So it seems like a bit of a slog, but on rewatches, they're all right. Oh, that's good. Because you know, it's, it gets good later. If you're in season one and you're like, I don't know if this show's for me, I just just keep watching because it's the funniest show that I think I've ever seen. It's yeah. so funny. Um, let's see another one for me. What? Let me think. Movie real quick. What movie can I watch over and over again? I think this one's easy for me. It's Matilda. Anytime Matilda is on the television, I stop That's everything and I watch so good. it. Another one for me is Jumanji. I will always watch Jumanji. Yeah, Jumanji's great. Galaxy Quest. I could always mm. watch Galaxy Quest. Julia Sippel on Instagram wants to know, what's her favorite character from any season? We hinted at it before. I gotta say Beth is a very big contender. I love Beth. Best overall, 
like best, most likable, or just just our favorite? Just our favorite. I think that my favorite favorite though is Pete from the Tale of the Midnight Madness, and having the opportunity to sit down and talk with uh, Eddie Robinson, who played Pete, and interview him was probably one of the coolest experiences that we've done in this podcast for me. Yeah, that's cool. Pete is great. Such um, a nice guy. I think, like, Beth is my favorite in a sense, but my favorite character in the show is Jill from Final Wish. Oh, man. I was going to say, having Jill, uh, Samantha Chimerica on the show would have been so cool. I wish we could. I wish we could talk to her. Yes, reach out to us. DJ McHale did an AMA on Reddit on the um, Are You Afraid of the Dark subreddit, and I asked him who his favorite protagonist was, and he said Jill. <laughs> did he? he? He did, because he was like, well, I think it's more about the villain, but if I had to give one, I'd say uh, the girl that played the girl in Final Wish, and it was just because she was a, a real delight to be around, so it would be so cool to have her on the show. I'd also love to have Amanda Strawn on the show, because I love her. Yeah. Everyone should just be on the show. Yeah. Sheena Larkin, get over here. We've got questions for you. All at once. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a reunion. <laughs> yeah, have fun editing those clips. Oh, my gosh. I would love it. I would love to be the host of the reunion for Are You Afraid of the Dark? All right. We have two more questions, and they both come from our, our friend Troy. All right. And he wants to know, besides all the Silver Sight returnees, we saw the triumphant return of several actors from early days of the series like Jake from Jake and the Leprechaun, Not Iceman, and Dark Dragon Shelly. Who's a character or actor from the first two seasons you wished had returned in season seven, and who would they play? Okay, well, I would love to see Pete return. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Um, it's a good question. Like, obviously I want Beth back, right? Come on. I mean, Beth it's could fun. have been like a Vink or Sardo. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. There's that bitch again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've we've discussed it before, and uh, I think Sean from Jake and the Leprechaun was a really cool character, and I would have liked to see that actor at the very least in right. other things. He doesn't have to be a leprechaun, you know? <laughs> I will say it's kind of difficult for... Somebody to return from season one or two because they would have had to have been one of the younger characters in season one or two um, and then be on the borderline too old for the show. Because, like, not Iceman. He was one of the younger kids as Billy in The Tale of the 13th Floor. And then he was borderline too old for Jake as in The Tale of the Lunar Locust. So it'd have to be somebody that was a little bit like Day Day. I would, you know what? Day Day is probably the perfect example because he's he's a bit young. And then he would be on the cusp of being too old for season seven. So my, my vote goes to Day-Day. I'd love to see Day-Day back. Him and his janky neck. <laughs> well, none of that age stuff would be a problem for me because it's been brought to my attention that I always imagine Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes with adults as the main characters anyway. Mm, yeah. It's your so curse. They just all grow up and become adults and I'm fine with that. See, I really liked Todd from The Tale of the Magician's Assistant. Yeah. He was he was also Dougie in Twisted Claw, but you know, he was okay in that one. But I really I really liked Magician's Assistant. And I thought he did good in that episode, but he never appeared in it after that. No, it was his brother that appeared in it. His brother was Jake from Jake and the Leprechaun. Yeah. Which they don't look anything alike, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> their mouths yet, are completely but... different. Yeah. Sizes. <laughs> 
I like that. I, I could handle another Dougie episode. Although I will say that Twisted Claw and then Magician's Assistance are just one season apart. But man, he aged a lot between the first and second season. He really season. did. I know that but uh, Twisted, Twisted Claw, Claw was, was the... Yeah. It, it was sometime before, but... Because, I mean, like, even Bostic, he looks way older, too. So, like, I get it, but it'd be cool to see him back. He could have been a fucking parent. He could have been, he could have been making them PB&Js and uh, He could have been ignoring locusts. the kids and... <laughs> so, Troy also wants to know, if Grandpa Gene had died a couple years earlier, how would Silver Sight have gone down differently if it was Gary, Tucker, Kiki, Betty Ann, Sam, and Stig? God, if only. That would be so great. That would have been amazing. Like we said when we watched Silver Sight, it would have been cool to have the original Midnight Society have their, you know, TV movie, essentially. That would have been cool. time to shine. Yeah. So who do you think would get what record? Like, who who do you think would be paired together to go down that well? All right, well, Stig's going down in the sewer, and hopefully he stays there. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking Sam would go down in the sewer still, because I mean Sam and and Megan are kind of the same archetype of character anyway. Yeah, I think it would be funny to see Kiki and Stig working together to get the the record piece out of the well. Who do you think would be the one lowered down into the well? Uh, I think it would be Stig, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully he stays down there. Okay, that works too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the general would still be the same. It'd be Gary and Tucker. And so then that leaves I'd... Betty Ann going to the junkyard with the fan guy? Yeah. That I seems so. weird. I mean, Betty Ann doing any, like, manual labor just seems kind of weird to me. <laughs> yeah, I think seeing Betty Ann out of the campfire context would just be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you don't belong here. The only other pairing would obviously be Tucker with Stig. But, oh, and then maybe yeah. Betty Ann with Gary. And Kiki Gary goes wouldn't to the... allow Tucker to be with Stig because he knows nothing would get done. Yeah, you're right. He's a diligent leader like that. <laughs> He'd be like, our goddamn grandmother is going to be murdered. <laughs> like, come on, be serious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's how it would go down. I think it'd be fun. Wish it would have happened. That's all the questions we have, though, Brandon. That's it. That's all we got. It's a good group of questions. Yeah, I had fun. I had fun. I guess we could announce the winner of the giveaway right now here. Ooh, that's exciting. You know, every season we give something away. And this person's going to win it. This person's going to win. That's good stuff. Let's see who it is. And the winners are Shane and Julia. Congratulations. Good you job. You are winner. Yay. All right. Okay, so Brandon, we got lots of stuff to rate and review and... We have a lot to talk about. I think we should talk about season seven specifically first and then move on to, um, you know, just like an overall view of the show. Sound good to you? Yeah. All right. So who do you think was the best main character from season seven? Who did you like the most? I thought this was a tough one for me, actually. I was just thinking about that, too. Yeah. There was no character that really stood out to me in this season. Yes. Um, This is. So this is taking um, Silver Sight out of the picture. Like that doesn't. Yeah. We're just talking about um, you know nine episodes or whatever. Yeah. Ten episodes. In all my rankings or whatever, I'm not including Silver Sight. Yeah. Uh, I guess the one I had when looking over the list and having to pick someone, I settled on Julie from Reanimator. Oh, she was great. Yeah, I like Julie. Yeah, even though you know she was April fooling around a bit. <laughs> She did a good job. I like Julie a lot. Um, I liked Emma from the Tale of the Many Faces. Probably not so much, not as much as Julie, but 
Um, I thought she was good. She doesn't follow rules very well. No, she doesn't. She doesn't give... Well, okay. She's a fucking she, rebel. She understandably doesn't give a shit about these people, but she uh, she wants to get her friend murdered, is what she was aiming for. Um, There's not even really any honorable mentions. I'd say maybe... No. This is a tough <laughs> season for protagonists for likable characters uh, like yeah. julie from stone maiden was okay she wasn't great no she, she was, was okay <laughs> and um that's pretty much it everybody like highway 13 those characters were unlikable jay baruchel again like come on no n- none no. of that come on that that's too much baruchel yeah and uh i'm obviously not gonna say that i like the girls from laser maze give me a fucking break (laughs) (laughs) i liked when one of them lost their head oh that was that was pretty awesome i think yeah let's give it to shelly i'm sorry (laughs) let's give it to julie from uh reanimator it's pretty great all right who's our worst main character though this one's a little bit more contested there's a lot of them there's a lot of unlikable main characters but i'm going to say that Lunar Locust wins this because there's no likable characters. Agreed. Agreed. There's, I don't even... there's three main characters, and they're all terrible. They are. You got you got Jake. He's an asshole. He likes yeah, pe- peanut idiot. butter jelly sandwiches. <laughs> he was stupid, and he was mean to his girlfriend. But his girlfriend is also the worst yep. because she's a stalker. Like <laughs> She's an insane, possibly homicidal stalker. Her name was Julie, too, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and then you got Tara Lipinski. As Ellen, who's, you know, an alien who destroys the world, so <laughs> she comes in as a homewrecker and then kills everyone. I think uh, Triple Whammy, worst main character, is just Lunar Locust in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tale of the Lunar Locust wins. The worst main character. Let's see, honorable mentions. Michael from The Tale of the Last Dance. <sighs> oh my god. He might actually be what the worst, asshole. but... Yeah, just the just the culmination of worst coming out of Lunar Locust, I think, takes it away from him. But I think he might actually be the worst character in Season 7. Yeah, he's a butt face. Oh my god. Who do you think was the best villain for Season 7? This, this is kind of also one where nothing really jumps out as an obvious. Yeah, I mean, you got Drake, you got Madame Visage, you got Belle, I guess um tara lipinski i mean the world's greatest villain i don't i don't even know who it is in highway 13 it's not technically the truck driver but it no, is they want you to think uh-huh. it is i you know we could include the demon kid here too uh from night till of the silver sight although okay. i don't think he's the worst villain or the no. best villain no he's nothing he, he wins nothing even if it was most annoying kid i would not give him an award because he deserves Nothing. Nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> I eventually settled on Belle from Time Trap. As your she's, as your best villain? Yeah. Like, she's not presented as a villain, really. But, I mean, she causes, causes some of history's greatest <laughs> disasters, so... She she caused World War One. so, yeah. And, like, the Titanic and shit. She's a monster. Yeah. And so she deserves to be the best Millions of deaths and oceans of blood are on her hands, so I guess technically she's a villain. And, you know, she's charismatic. Yeah. She's interesting to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think she was probably the best villain. I wish the zombie in Reanimator would have been the best villain, but. He should have been. He was just kind of gooey, climbing up trees and shit. I don't know. You don't see a lot of zombies climbing trees. 
We'll give him that. Yeah, Spider Zombie. Who do you think was the worst villain from this season? The the stairs from Night Nurse. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, those stairs. I gotta say Drake though, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking weirdo. He's God. What was that? Super. <laughs> I think about that and laugh pretty frequently. Fucking Ace Ventura ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, stealing girls and making them into robots for some reason. Don't like. I don't. I don't get it. The Stone Maiden, <laughs> pretty <laughs> shit villain. I guess it would have been the city, you know, for breaking them apart or whatever. But pretty garbage villain. Yeah, that water. Mm-hmm. Don't drink shit it. water. That's about it. I think I'm pretty neutral about everybody else. All the other villains and heroes and everything. Not an outstanding season for villains or no, heroes. Really. Yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite lines from this season? I gotta say, Brandon, I think about the way that Emma laughed like Tommy was so in the Tale of <laughs> Many Faces. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> that um, was pretty great. Say one that I alluded to earlier. Um, I'm not April fooling around. Oh yes, that wins. I think. Easily favorite line. That's a great line. I'm not April fooling around. (laughs) And they say, they say hubba in photo finish again, don't they? Yeah, they do. God damn. I'm I'm not going to lie. I literally forgot about photo finish. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Like there wasn't a whole. Oh, one of the parts that I really love from season seven is the way that uh, Julie in the Tale of the Lunar Locusts, because I have to specify because like everybody's fucking named Julie in this season. uh, The way that she opened up the locker and screamed and then went into (sighs) another room, opened up a locker and screamed. That was pretty great. Yeah. Something that we said a lot in this season is how much the effects improved. The special effects, they were really good this season. Yeah. For a show that came out in 2000, and when you compare it to the previous season, it was so much better. What do you think were some of the best and worst effects of this season? Worst effects, maybe the truck at the end of Highway 13 when it drives into the <laughs> onto the bridge. That's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, doesn't look great. Yeah. I think another worst one is the hand coming out of the well in the, the third part of the Tale of the Silver Sight. Yeah, that doesn't look great at all. Um, best, though, the face morph in the Tale of Many Faces was really good. Loved it. Yeah. I will say the dome that comes over the football field in the Tale of the Lunar Locust was also really good. I feel like I said it in every episode that the effects were good, but yeah. I don't remember specifics. Same. Um, the kids getting like shot with the camera and photo finish and sucked into the picture. Those that was really good too. It's very clear that they had a bigger budget for season seven. Are you ready for our most contested category? At least What's usually. That? Who do you think was the worst parent this season? It obviously wasn't Jake's dad from Lunar Locust. He made his dad made his son PP Chase. <laughs> yeah, like every day he makes those God. sandwiches. He toils over a hot <laughs> loaf of bread. <laughs> He spreads the peanut butter and the jelly on just right, just for Jake. What an all-star dad. He wins best parent, them PB&Js. And then you got Tara Lipinski over there like, Ugh, what's this shit? Give me your fish. Damn it, Tara. Fucking Tara Lipinski disrespecting daddy's PB&Js. Can you believe that? Uh, I'm going to say the worst parents are Stone Maiden, uh, <laughs> the boyfriend's parents. God damn. I forgot about them. Yes, you are right. They win best, or I mean worst parents easily. 
I mean, it's like this is a reference that no one will get anymore, but like Dharma and Greg. What? Yes, that was a television program. Uh, you know, it's a, a uptight family with the son marries a, a free spirit young woman with hippie yeah. parents. Uh, I assume that. What's the girl's name? It's Julie. It's always Julie. It is. If you don't know, it's Julie. <laughs> all right. Well, they're all Julie. I assume yeah. that Julie's parents are hippies. Yeah. And man, yeah, his parents suck a lot. I don't think we even need to add, like, talk about any other parents because, yeah, those parents were the worst. The worst. Also, the mom and night nurse who's like, bring down that giant pile of presents. Get your ass down here. <laughs> don't you be falling down them stairs. <laughs> That sounded like a threat, Mom. I just love it. He's like, all right, children, you got your presents? Go put them upstairs. Go put them on so the landing. bring them back down. <laughs> Why? Why did they go upstairs and put them there in the first place? The party is in the oh, living room. So funny. I love it. Okay, so our next category is the highest kill count. And I don't think anybody it's died. Bevel. No, I mean, oh, it's Ellen. She killed the entire world, so. <laughs> I mean, no one died on screen. Well, there was that part where the where Madame Visage touched that girl and she got obliterated. And then Jesse was all like, things are getting kind of weird in here. <laughs> <laughs> What's but the heck going on? <laughs> implied body count, yeah. it's Ellen. Yeah, Ellen, and and then probably followed by Belle. This is yeah. the most amount of kills we've had in a season, presumably. Well, when you're talking about world wars and the end <laughs> of the world, like, it's tough to beat. That yeah. is a tough act to follow. Yeah. Well, maybe now I know why there wasn't a season eight, because everybody's fucking dead. No one left. I, I mean, okay, we can get, like, a negative one right here, too, because uh, they raised the corpse of... Ian Kazix in the Tale of Reanimator. So for the first time, we got somebody raised from the dead instead of somebody just dying. Yeah. All right, Brandon. I think it's time that we rank the Midnight Society. We're going to have a an interesting job to do this time because not only do we have campfire stories, but also we have the Tale of the Silver Sight that really brought out the best of the Midnight Society. Midnight Society's back in there as good as they were last season. I don't think we should include Gary in here because... That's, no, that's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair to everyone else. Yeah. So as far as returning characters from the Midnight Society go, Gary's probably the best that came back. Yeah, he's one of the best. But uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and rank the Midnight Society. Huh. It's a, it's a tough one to decide who's the worst. I actually really liked them all this season a lot. Really? I did, yeah. I th I think I think Quinn is better in this season than he was. I mean, he's still a little bit of a jerk, but he's not as asshole-ish than he was in season six, in my opinion. And um, I think everybody just got better. Um, I think Quinn, Quinn is maybe the same for me. Maybe he's a little bit better, but uh, I still don't like him very much. What stories but, uh, did he tell this season? Highway 13 and Reanimator. So he told, like, I mean, Highway 13 is okay, but Reanimator was good. Yeah, Reanimator's good. Uh, I liked Andy less this season. Really? Interesting. Yeah. He just kind of sucks. He got, like, less personality, I think. I know I just said, like, everybody got better, but I think he actually did get worse. Uh, he can kind of play the violin. That, that yeah. was a character trait that was given to him. 
I feel like last season he was kind of the goofy one and he was kind of chunkier. So they got to like make fun of him more. But now that he's taller and buffer, people aren't going to mess with Andy. So I think it's safe to say that it is Andy and Quinn on the bottom. Yeah, I'll say Andy's the worst and then Quinn. Okay. I will agree with you. Third, we okay, so we got Megan Tucker and, and Vange left. I think that, oh, I don't know, man. Tucker told Laser Maze. He did. You know that I really like Vange. And uh, I think she told some pretty good stories this season. She did fuck around with that bee's nest, though. Which is odd. I still don't know why. Who would you put for number three? I think I might put Megan. I was thinking, I don't I really liked Megan in Silver Sight. Yeah. She might have actually been my favorite in Silver Sight. I found her storyline to be the most entertaining. Yeah, I agree with you there. Maybe, maybe not then. I was thinking maybe Tucker. I didn't particularly care for his stories this season. And then, you know, he didn't really round the gang up, you know. He didn't he wasn't as much of a leader this season, I feel like. No, he didn't he's clean really up hands the, off sort of leader. Yeah. I, I feel like it might be Tucker for me for number three. He did have that fight scene in Silver Sight. That fight scene was pretty awesome. It was like the most physical thing that anyone's done in this show. Yeah. Ever. I think I'm still gonna put Tucker at number three though. It's a tough one for me. I really did like Megan's part in Silver Sight, so I think I I think I might put her quite a bit higher actually, and maybe I'd put Vanch here at number three. Mm, okay. I can see that. I mean she didn't really do as much last season either. She is just kind of like the kid of the group. Not in a yeah. way that Tucker was where he was annoying about it, but she's just kind of the kid. I liked it I liked her going down the well. I thought that was really cool, but um that's about all she did in Silver Sight, really. Yeah, it really is. It would have been pretty cool if she was the one that got to do all the things that Andy did, though, where he's like, I under- I know it. I know exactly where Silver Sight is. That would have been a nice nope. character moment for Andy her. Andy just knows everything. Yeah, he's like... Nice try. You can't make us like Andy. <laughs> exactly. I can respect that. You know, having um, Tucker slash uh, Vange at number three, and then Megan is my number one, I think. Yeah, I think Megan's my number one as well. Even though I wanted to put her at number three like 20 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> you made me remember how much I enjoyed her in Silver Sight. Her in the normal episodes, eh, she didn't do a whole lot this season. But in Silver Sight, she was pretty good. She was great. She was the, the best character, you know, besides Gary, of course, in Silver Sight. But even Gary, he didn't get to do much. He wasn't even, he didn't go and do a task at all, but. We're not here to con- talk about Gary like that. Yeah, stop already got trashing Gary. <laughs> All right, Brandon. So we are on to the final thing to rank. We have to rank the episodes. This season has the least amount of episodes since Silver Sight is a three-parter. So we only got ten to rank. Kind of like back in season four when we had uh, Cutter's Treasure, but this is a little more. So are you? Do, you... do you think that you know what the worst episode of season seven was? Yeah. Is it Laser Maze? Yeah. Yeah. It's laser maze. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I will say I, I was love this episode. Just kind of flabbergasted watching that episode. It's a lot. <laughs> this episode is pretty stupid. So yeah, you enjoyed this episode a lot more than I did even. And when I stopped watching it, I was like, man, I really didn't enjoy that. But then I had to stop and think, 
is this going to be an episode that later on I'm like, what was I thinking? That was so much fun to watch. Because I wasn't really big into, like, Tale of the Full Moon when we first watched it. Yeah. But that episode, like, grew on me so much over time. But no, I still hate Laser Maze. <laughs> I still think it's a dumb episode. And uh, I probably just always will. I think that this episode is comparable to Jake the Snake in terms of, like... In, in terms of, like, what Joey said earlier, where it's so bad it's good. And uh, unfortunately for Laser Maze, there's not enough interesting things to keep this as a so bad it's good. It's just kind of bad. Unfortunately for Laser Maze, there's no Jake the Snake. Yes. I will say, I loved the, all the kicking. I love all the fucking <laughs> kicking. So funny. Yes, but that's the, funny. The, like, 12 minutes of them running around in the Laser Maze, super boring incredibly boring yeah it was boring to talk play about laser tag is really uninteresting as it turns out especially when there's no guns like you're just so, looking i don't around. know what these aliens <laughs> see in this because oh. it sucks yeah i laser maze is definitely the worst episode what do you think is next worst um there's there's a couple of contenders for me for next worst. yeah um this was the hardest season to rank for me i think me too. And, Me too. Uh, I think maybe the one I have written down here at the very least is The Tale of the Night Nurse. Oh, wow. Okay. And for me, as I said in the episode, is the problem that so much of the episode revolves around walking down a flight of stairs. Right. Which I don't find compelling in the least. I understand that. The nurse, yeah. the actual nurse character I like she's menacing until she isn't but <laughs> she's interesting but doesn't carry the whole episode for me i understand what you mean because walking down the stairs is something that people do every single day and i mean people die from it or whatever but like i get yeah. it i will say brandon i don't i'm not gonna put night nurse down that far i actually kind of liked the episode and i think it was because of the music that it played it was a little much like they used the music box music a little too much but um they i really liked on that it. thing and amanda strawn is there i love her uh, shadia simmons was great uh the nurse was awesome the grandpa brandon right yeah. now he would be telling you to shut the fuck up <laughs> he would and i would shut up <laughs> but gramps ain't here yeah but <laughs> well gramps don't know <laughs> I respect your decision to put um, Night Nurse this low. Look, I'll be um, honest. I'll be honest with this this list. Like, I'm not married to, to any of these rankings because yeah. this season, this season just isn't very standout to me. I think that's what everybody thinks. So, so you're not that's, alone. I'll just get that out of the way right now. Season seven is just the the highs aren't super high and the lows aren't super low. There's yeah. not a misfortune cookie in this season. No, there's a laser maze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But even laser maze is more interesting than Misfortune Cookie. Oh, yeah. I would watch Laser Maze again over Misfortune Cookie any day of the week. Yeah. But this season also has kind of boring episodes that could have had potential, like Stone Maiden. Yeah. Stone Maiden has things going on, though. Yeah, it's got like a hundred fucking characters, so it's got that. Yeah. It's got a lot of characters. It's got Free Willy. It's got Free Willy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got that fucking constipated statue yeah i think that stone maiden goes down pretty low for me 
You would you put that above Laser Maze, right up there? I put it above Laser Maze. Like it's not number, it's not the worst episode. No, I'm just saying number nine. That's where you'd put it. Probably, I think uh, it's hard because Highway 13 also sucks, and Lunar Locust. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Highway 13. I like plots where the idea is that things happen over and over again. Oh yeah, me too. Except it wasn't it. done well. No, it wasn't. You can't be in an infinite loop and then just be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the junkyard today and get like these kids to do my loop for me. That's not how it works. But wouldn't it be great if it were? No, because then somebody else would get stuck in a fucking loop. Well, that's their problem. <sighs> but you're also in the loop. <laughs> that's all of our problem. Eventually, everybody would be stuck in and the loop and then it would be normal. Company. I didn't care for it. It was really nice to have Joey back to talk about it, but like, meh. Not a great episode. No. Okay, one I also have pretty low is The Tale of the Last Dance. Oh, right? Ugh. Yeah. Man, maybe, maybe this season kind of sucked. Um, I might go that far. Last Dance, man. Okay, so the villain, who knows if it's Michael, if it's fucking Pincher McGee, I don't know. The lurker, or whatever, dude. I mean, that the lurker was like a villain. A thirty-year-old man watching children change in in the locker room, and then plucking the one that he wanted the most is just the worst. Yeah, the episode presented him as a villain, and then tried to change your mind because he's pretty. <laughs> I um, mean, he has got three fingers. I know that's it's that hideous, long but... flowing hair, though. <laughs> but no, he's still. He's an awful, awful beast. He's a pedophile. <laughs> He's terrible. He should not be trusted. He should be thrown down into that Death Star abyss. <laughs> that fucking infinite pit. <laughs> Beneath the community center. Yeah. Ugh. Man, okay, I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. I don't know if I can rank them like that. These are just all low. Yeah, this is, you know, that's the problem. I I seriously stared at the screen with all the episode names for a very long time, like probably longer than I would have spent doing notes for a normal episode. Yeah. And I was just like, I guess, I guess this one's here, but I, I don't know. I'm not married to any of these. Me neither. Um, let's talk about Lunar Locusts, because I also think that that one is kind of low compared to the rest of the episodes. I have that one sort of in the middle. Yes. The thing that I like about that episode is that it's so insane. <laughs> Dude, we have never had such stupid characters. Like, I'm not talking, like, dumb. I'm talking, like, intelligence is non-existent in this episode. <laughs> they, like, Jake is the horniest motherfucker Talk, like Tara Lipinski looked at him and he was like, I will do anything you want. Just let me smash. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when he's sitting in the car and he's just like, man, is life always going to be this awesome? <laughs> yeah, I do. Just before she unleashes her alien tentacles on him. <laughs> he actually said that. My dad made me sandwiches. I'm going to bang this ice skater. Like, this is so great. <laughs> Hopefully I get cast as Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to feed my fish anymore. 
That episode was a trip, man. <laughs> and then fucking Julie's outside of the car <laughs> with one of those telescopic lenses <laughs> watching him <laughs> with a sniper rifle. Like, oh my god she is insane you know what maybe that's one of my favorite episodes <laughs> now that i think about it it's so insane <laughs> all right so what do we got left we got many faces photo finish uh, photo finish time trap reanimator and silver sight um i'm did you have another memory of <laughs> lunar locusts for a second there no, I was gonna say photo finish is an episode that you said you forgot about earlier, and that describes photo finish pretty well. Oh, you know, I gotta say though, it's a good episode. It's not bad. It's kind of it's kind of the whispering walls of the season. Yes, yes. When I think of an episode that is forgettable but likable, I always think of whispering walls. Even as a kid, I didn't remember that episode, but it's good. It's yeah. just like so forgettable for some reason. Photo finish though. I had a good time with this episode. I thought it was good. The ending, I thought, was really cool. He goes in the house, everything's white, all the people are on the walls, the way he defeats the villain, and I thought the whole ending was just cool. I was crying laughing when they get out of the picture, and Felix Barish, they go up oh to him, and they're God. like, dude, I don't know what happened <laughs> to those guys from, you know, 42 or whatever, and he's just like, he, he devoted his life to trying to save these dudes. And he's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> he might as well have said, fuck him. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, hopefully they're moved on to a better space. Anyway, kids. <laughs> like, no, oh, what the damn. hell is wrong with you? Like, you are a professor at this school, probably specifically to prevent people from getting sucked into this thing and trying to figure out how to get these kids out. And they're dead. And you're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> God, that was nuts. What a crazy episode. And it was really fun talking with Robin about that. That was a a good time. Time Trap. We had Becca back for that one. What do you think about Time Trap? Time Trap's okay. You know, Belle. Belle was cool. Yeah. I like her. It was nice to get a genie episode after seven seasons. I didn't think we were going to get one at this point. And then we got one. Yeah. Should have happened way sooner. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a Sardo episode, so that always gives it points. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Jay Baruchel takes away some of those points. I think I'm just I'm just over him. Yeah, with his stuttering. Uh, I, I, hey, I just uh, just shut up. Get to your point. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of just a good, it was a good episode, but it wasn't like my it was, favorite. It was good to see Sardo again. The dodgeball scene though, that was pretty fantastic. Yeah. All right, we got Silver Sight, Many Faces, and Reanimator left. I think right. Yeah. Many faces, faces yeah. uh, had the no face thing going on, which is cool. Yeah, I think that that was the standout effect of the season. Like I said it in that episode too, but that, I think that is what people remember from season seven is that butthole mouth, the butthole mouth and the white eyes. Nightmares <laughs> about butthole mouths. Oh my god! But it looks, you know, it looks good. It looks scary. It does. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think the episode's fun. I like Emma. She's good. I. I wish she was in more things, I think. She's not good at modeling. No, she's not. But uh, I don't think I have too much to say about that episode. It's just it's just a very classic Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. It's very mystical mirror meets unfinished painting kind of thing. So yeah. it's just if it was in any other season, um, I don't think anybody would think twice about it. So Tale of the Reanimator, I mean, we got yeah. our zombie episode. We did. And it wasn't bad. No, it was pretty decent. It might actually be my favorite episode of the season. I have it as my favorite. Yeah. 
It was good. I loved seeing uh, Shelly back. She was fun. We got April fooling around. That was incredible. The zombie was a little bit disappointing, but uh, it was a good episode. I liked it. I'm I'm okay with the, that being the zombie episode, I think. Yeah. Could have had worse zombie episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Could have been like Guardian's Curse, but with a zombie that you never see. That would have been some disappointing zombie You just see episode. a zombie's hand around a corner, and then some dad wants to bang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and his co-worker just wants to just kill the entire family <laughs> you know one of the things that i really liked about reanimator 2 was the um her boss he was such a nice dude and like i know he wanted to bang his dead wife or whatever but um like the care in his voice when he's like you want to watch me bring this plant back to life instead of being sneaky about it she was like sure <laughs> that's not yeah. something that i expected to happen and I thought it was cool. He was uh, sincerely just trying to... Bang his dead wife. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> sweetly trying to bang his dead wife. You remember that part where he caressed the tombstone? <laughs> He's like, soon, baby. <laughs> Do you think he banged that tombstone? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I will say, too, we had Troy back in that episode, and uh, that was probably a little too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> for the ed- From the editing standpoint? Yeah, I cut about an hour out of that episode <laughs> of of just us talking and laughing. So the that probably helps. No one will ever hear. <laughs> yeah. Last, we have the tale of the silver sight. It was very cool. Very cool to see Gary back. Very cool to see the Midnight Society actually get to do things. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tucker got to do a hip hop fight scene, right? Well, I never thought we were going to get that. And then the music started and I was like, we're going here, huh? <laughs> Tucker was fucking bobbing and weaving and throwing nets and shit. And I was I was all for it. Give me give me more Tucker hip hop, please. I think that that was a, a really nice episode. Again, I said this like every episode, but I, I think it's something that needs to be watched all in one sitting um, to really appreciate it. And if I could do it again, I, I would want to do it in one sitting. But, uh, you know, it was just a little too much for the podcast. I don't want to have a three-hour episode. Um, but, yeah, I, I love being able to see all the Midnight Societies doing their own thing, spending more time away from the campfire with all of them, getting more of their personality. And they all did really good jobs acting-wise, and uh, the story was fun. That little shit kid sucked, but, you know, he died in the end anyway. So so bad. Not acting-wise. He was a good actor, but um, just seeing that wig. Ugh. That's all I got to say about it, though. I mean, uh... That was season seven. Yeah. A season that existed. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's go back into Shane's uh, Shane's question. And why don't we just rank all of the seasons? Because I don't want to do another episode where we just talk about everything all at once. I think we should just finish it out in this episode. Do you know what your favorite and least favorite seasons are? Yeah. Okay. I want to hear your ranking and then I'll do my ranking. Well, I know that my least favorite is, drumroll please, season seven. Yeah, season seven is just discussed. Season seven is my least favorite season as well. Doing this show, not saying these episodes are garbage. I mean, I know we just dunked on fucking like half of the season, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I would have still wanted to see a season eight. Yeah, me too. I think even if you're like an Are You Afraid of the Dark purist and you only like the first five seasons, you should still watch season six and seven because there's a lot to like. Oh, definitely. Um, I agree. Season seven is the worst. Um, next up. It's kind of hard for me to, like, remember, you know? I only remember my least favorite and my favorite. I don't... I can't. 
I haven't ranked all the other ones in my head. So what's your favorite season then, Brandon? Um, my favorite season is season two. Oh, okay. There's a lot of good episodes in season two. Season two is really good. It's got Midnight Madness. It has Final Wish. It's got Shiny Red Bicycle. It is a very, very good season. Yeah. I want to say season five because it has some of my favorite episodes, but it also has like Jagged Sign and um, Manaha and, you know, Prisoner's Past and it's got a lot of boring stuff and I think it really uh, plays it down for me. So I think I'm going to say season one is my favorite. The original. Yeah. I don't think you can beat Lonely Ghost and um, Pinball Wizard and Dark Music and stuff. Laughing in the Dark. Laughing in the dark, yeah. But it also has Hungry Hounds. Hungry Hounds brings it down a lot. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) After all of this, though, I know we're going to get into what our least favorite episodes are and our favorite episodes. But like after after all of this, after ninety one episodes, I can safely say that Hungry Hounds is not my least favorite episode anymore. Same. Yeah. I never would thought that would happen. But you told me, you told me when we watched Hungry Hounds that there's worse episodes. Yeah, but you know what, Brandon? I told you that thinking specific episodes and they ended up being some of my favorite. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Like what? What did you think was worse than Hungry Hounds at that time? When I told you that, I had Apartment 214 in mind. And I gotta say that might be one of my favorite episodes. Wow. Apartment 214, it's not an all-time classic, but... Man, Dude, it is magnitudes better than Hungry Hounds. When I was a kid, it played all the time, and I would see that, and I'd see Madeline, and I'd be like, oh, it's the old lady episode, fuck that, you know, and i turn it off. So, we know what our favorite and least favorite seasons are. I think we should talk about what our overall favorite and least favorite episodes are. Okay, well, my least favorite episodes, I'm gonna say, you know, Hungry Hounds, Phone Police, mm-hmm. Misfortune Cookie, yes. uh, Laser Maze. Mm-hmm. The ones we've discussed a lot. A lot. Yeah. 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 The ones that we joke about. Uh, just the right amount, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just on the right side of a little too much. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we're, we don't up to dup you off the horse with it, but yeah, I'm in agreement. Those are the worst. Gosh, I know everybody loves Frozen Ghost, but like, I don't really care for Frozen Ghost much, you guys. Do they? It's very memorable. It was the episode with Clarissa in it. Um, I guess I can see the Melissa Joan Hart uh, effect, but man, that was the Hungry Hounds of that season for me. Yeah, me too. And it's one of those episodes that everybody remembers because that kid was cold all the damn time and all the commercials were all talking about him Mm -hmm. and him phasing into existence and all that nonsense. Yeah, the stinkers. There's also Jagged Sign. Not great. Manaha. Not great. Manaha's not great, but it's it's not like... Oh, I I forgot about Room for Rent. <laughs> um, there's also C7. Not that great. There's no, there's some stinkers a, in there. Not a standout. God. Room for Rent. Like, I just, I completely forgot that one existed. And man, that episode is shit. Yeah. That actress, good lord. Oh, right. Uh, what was her name? Was it Jesse? That sounds right. I think it right. was Jesse. Jesse and Alex. Like, Alex being in it was probably the only good thing about that episode. I mean, Sheena Larkin was good, too, but her character was garbage. Yeah. Long ago, Locket. That was boring, too. Yeah. And that one should have been great, because, come on, Wilfred L. He made the episode. If it would have been any other kid, that might have been the most boring episode ever. Could you imagine the dude from Miss Fortune Cookie in that episode? Oh my god. Just like, I have to go back in time. I have to save him. And then the teacher puts his puts her hand over his lips. 
<laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> She's just like, so quit boring. screaming. <laughs> I have to save him. Just can, quit screaming. <laughs> I cannot control the volume of my voice. All right. So we talked about the garbage. Let's talk about the good. You challenged right. me to have uh, my top 10 episodes. Yep. I've got mine here. I'd like to hear yours. I don't think I have a straight up top 10, Brandon. I have... I have 10 episodes that I think I like the most. I don't know if I can number them, though. All right. Is that okay? Okay. I'll accept it. All right. I want to say that Lonely Ghost is probably one of my top 10 episodes. Fair. It is the right amount. This this episode scared me as a kid, okay? Like, I was terrified when Beth walked through the mirror and the ghost girl walked out. It scared the, the shit out of me. Ghosts are spooky. Uh, you know what? I don't actually think ghosts are that spooky, but, you know, me as a kid, I don't know. There's something about walking into the mirror and being trapped inside of it. It scared me. And now, as an adult, I can appreciate Beth. Beth is great. I think the story is uh, tragically endearing. It's a good story. I will also say that I love dark music. Yeah. I think everybody that's seen the show, like, has seen most of the episodes, will say that Dark Music is their at least top five. It is so good. Scary. Um, The story's fun and interesting and dark. And that is awesome. I'm going to say Midnight Madness might be my favorite episode of the whole show. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, Pete alone just escalates that episode, like, into the stratosphere for me. I think he's such a good actor. I loved being able to sit down and talk with him. Such a cool dude. Uh, Kate was also awesome. Vink is back, and he's in my favorite role for Vink, I think, of the four. I think four. I agree there. Um, Nosferatu, absolutely classic. And I think everything in the episode just worked. It was great. Okay, I'm going to skip a little over into season five and say Dead Man's Float. Yeah. Because that episode is another one that's, well, this episode stuck with me um, from watching it as a kid. I don't go into a a pool without thinking about the especially when i'm alone um that something invisible could fucking snatch me and kill me just like jay bear show yeah it happens and not even the invisible part though like the creature design for that oh man i know i know cynthia doesn't like it but man so cool movie quality and that part when the pool is tarped over and they lift up and the and the bubble comes out of it that part is creepy as hell I love that episode. A little bit slower than I remembered as a kid. Like, nothing really happens until, uh, you know, besides the kid dying um, for, like, the first 15 minutes. But yeah, everything else after that, movie quality. Next up, I can't not mention Night Shift because that episode is incredible. It's got it all. It really does. A, a unique take on vampires in a hospital. It does. It's start to finish, it is a perfect episode. You can't ask for a better monster in a better setting. Yeah. That might, I don't know, that and Midnight Madness might be my two favorite episodes, actually, now that I think about it. You love vampires. I don't love vampires, though. They're (laughs) not my favorite. They're just, Are You Afraid of the Dark did them so well. Oh, so good. All right. So that's my top five. You're halfway there. I'm going to go with Full Moon. This is one of those episodes I probably wouldn't like as a kid. And I love as an adult. I can appreciate everything Ron Oliver did for that episode. I mean, he made it start to finish. He directed it. It was the perfect episode for him. I really appreciate that, and I liked it. Uh, It was so funny. Over the top. It was really good. And I don't even like werewolves. Like, I I couldn't care less about the werewolf part. So you don't Um, like any of the monsters in this show, but... Yeah. 
I'm not saying <laughs> just love the show. Like werewolves and vampires aren't my go-to monster. It's zombies. So yeah, I, I mean, even the werewolf itself didn't look that great, but just so much heart and dedication went into that episode. You can't not love it. Yes. I will say Oblivion, the tale of Oblivion from season six is up there for me as well in my top 10. It's a great episode. Such a fun concept, right? Erasing yes. things and they Love all it. go into one's place. So cool. Having Sardo in the episode was, um, you know, it, I don't even know if it even enhanced it. He didn't need to be in it at all, but he was there. I think he, um, it enhanced it in principle because Sardo has to enhance an episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he doesn't he can't detract from an episode. Watchers Woods. What an episode. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. The only detracting thing is the watcher for me, but yeah, Jewel State, you have the hags, you have almost decapitation. Um it's got magic, it's got wonder, it's interesting. I really like that episode. I I liked it a lot. Top 5 worthy for sure. Another one from season 3 that's top 5 worthy is Dream Girl. Wow. Oh, yeah. What a... That episode is so emotional, and it's just so good. The acting in it was top-notch. The story is... It was something that I don't think was done until then. I mean, people say that this is what The Sixth Sense was based off of. And maybe, but probably not. But, uh, just... Oh. He was dead the whole time, Brandon. We didn't even know. It was a good idea in dream girl and it was a good idea in the sixth sense yeah and it was executed well my 10th favorite episode i have a lot to choose from here i feel like if i don't choose laughing in the dark people are going to shun me let them shun i don't think i'm going to choose laughing in the dark though you know what i think it is brandon what i think it's pinball wizard yeah that's a good one i like pinball wizard i like like tonal curveball for the show right it was okay there's some things that go really right for Pinball Wizard for me. And the first thing is the setting, okay? Being in an empty mall is probably the coolest setting, in my opinion. I loved it in Dawn of the Dead. I loved it in Pinball Wizard. Super cool. Then you have all these video game things on top of it, from the sound effects to just the overall like story of it. I mean, mm-hmm. pinball, pinball games aren't as dynamic as uh, they show us, but like getting to the next level and like doing these little side quest things to get the throne. And it it didn't make any sense, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. And it has that scene of running over that, witch with (laughs) the motorized throne, which can't be beat. No, it cannot. That was so funny. The acting in it is kind of garbage and it may actually just be a commercial for super soakers, but I loved it. But hey, super soakers are dope. And we can't not talk about the ending because that kid gets trapped in a fucking pinball machine and that is dark as hell. It's a classic Gary. Just because he is a little bit of a jerk and wanted to play pinball instead of work and, you know, steal money from old homeless ladies. (laughs) I think that's my top 10, though. I feel bad for not including Zebo, but like, I really like laughing in the dark, but some of it is just kind of boring. I'm going to be real with you, folks. I don't think laughing in the dark is that great. I've seen the entire breadth of the series now, and I can yeah. see how that clown would be iconic. But the actual episode and the actual character of Zebo don't really do all that much. He's kind of just a pile of smoke in the corner. Yeah, that's the problem with that. It's episode. the idea of Zebo, like the idea of that clown following you around is scary. But in the episode, 
not that big of a threat. I think what would have enhanced Laughing in the Dark a little more, the best part for me is when Josh jumps in front of the mirror and it's Zebo right there. And it's not the Zebo clown statue. It's like a dude dressed up as a spooky clown. If that would have been chasing him anywhere else in the episode, top tier. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I'm, it is top tier, but like... Yeah, not for me. I think that people just remember it. and uh, Yeah, I definitely see how that would leave an impression. So I feel bad for not including Ghastly Grinner or Laughing in the Dark, but um, Are You Afraid of the Dark offers a lot of variety and a lot of different genres and humor, and I wanted to showcase that because I almost put Gruesome Gourmets in there in my top ten. It's very close, and I think people hate that episode. I don't care. <laughs> Probably. But that's my top ten, Brandon. That's not not in any particular 10. order, but uh, what do you got? What do you got for me? All right, so looking over my list, I only have three episodes that you didn't already have on your list. So we have pretty similar tastes. Yeah, I kind of thought that was going to... Um, I feel bad. I took all the heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. The first two I'm going to say... The, towards the bottom of my list of favorites are ones that you didn't have. So okay, I uh, let me guess. Let me guess first. Silent servants on there. Silent servants on there. <laughs> I knew it. Manaha. <laughs> <laughs> Manaha. Manaha. No. Um. Renegade virus. Nope. I'm done guessing. Then I I only had silent servant. That was the only ace up my sleeve. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was my favorite episode of that season. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my number 10, the Dark Horse pick here, is uh, Dark Dragon. Oh, my Which God, is really? my my favorite So Bad It's Good episode, to answer that question from earlier. Yes, let's go back to Joey, because now that you've answered it, my favorite So Bad It's Good episode has got to be Jake the Snake. <sighs> That's a great one. Yeah. So, Dark Dragon, we've got mm-hmm. chocolate-covered blueberries right away. <laughs> The illicit, what the fuck is this? How dare you bring these to me? Being watched. Chocolate-covered blueberries. She puts away the the Jekyll and Hyde book. Oh, my God. Yep. Slap you in the face with it. Uh, I mean, you've got Sardo in this episode. It's it's David-controlled Sardo, but it still counts. Yeah. it's, It's not a real Sardo, but he's in it. You've got Mariah, who's just an absolute nutcase of a person. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know who's crazier, Mariah or Julie from Lunar Locust, but they're both insane. You've got Cousin Casey. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, least convincing, <laughs> like, he didn't change his voice at all. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that episode was when Shelly called and she's like, hey, Keith, can I talk to KC? He's like, huh? Who? Oh, yeah. Yes, this is KC now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so insane. Oh, God, yes. <sighs> so, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite episodes. And talking about that episode with you was just that was one funny. of my favorite parts of doing this podcast. Uh, we had the sourdough moment. <laughs> oh my god. That really was what struck me to want to keep in bloopers. Not into the episodes, but like, you know, allow to put them on for patrons. I will say, Brandon, too, that was one of the funniest um, opening Midnight Society bits, too, because it starts with Gary, like, exploding a fucking balloon by stepping on it. But you don't want balloons near fucking campfires. <laughs> No, probably not. These landmines. <laughs> Gary Steppenhoff. 
Uh, what's what's next? What's next? All right, next is Silent Servant. Uh, I just I really like this Scarecrow. <laughs> Scarecrow was so cool looking. I think he's creepy. He doesn't do a whole lot, but he looks cool. He's like the Boba Fett of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like the setting, you know, cornfields in the middle of nowhere. It's mm-hmm. just kind of an eerie place. Yeah. And the kids did a good job. They did I liked good, the good vibe. I liked the vibe. And I like, I'm getting my dugout. Oh my god, that kid. <laughs> I hope I hope he did get his dugout. <laughs> he deserves it. He wanted it so bad. So next, uh, I've got Watcher's Woods. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's just so much good in this episode. You got little kids smoking. Oh my god, Jewel State, what were you thinking? <laughs> You've got gory animal carcasses in the camp. So cool, yeah. Violent. You got one of many... Like, almost child beheadings in this show. Mm-hmm. You can't forget the bucket of mice, too. Those... <laughs> bucket of mice. Remember that part where she was like, I can't put my hand in a bucket of friendly mice. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna die. For real, though. I'm about to die. You need to get that key. <laughs> Those mice are <laughs> so cute. Whistle. What's next? Uh, Next, I got Oblivion. Perfect. I'm yep. sorry I stole that one from you. I think you liked it a little bit more than me, but... It's a great episode. The concept is just too cool to me. I love yeah. it. Kronos, <laughs> fucking all-star. <laughs> it's awesome. The only blemish on that episode that I can think of is the deleting your underwear. Oh, I forgot about that. Concept. Yeah. You know, I got to say, your episode of this in a minute, hearing you um, sing, making me way downtown. <laughs> Scottish yeah. accent. Pretty great, too. Yeah, that was a really fun one. What's next? Uh, Next, I've got Tale of Dark Music. Mm-hmm. Yep. A classic. So good. Really, really kind of like drilled in how dark the show could be. Yeah. Because I don't give a shit what they say in the Midnight Society. Like, oh, and then everybody's fine. That no. sister is fucking dead. Next episode on my list, The Tale of the Final Wish. I knew you were going to have that one on there. I wanted I to put that one on there, too. I love this episode. I love the character of Jill, even though no one else in the world does. Except for DJ McHale. (laughs) That's right. DJ knows what's up. I love Pizza Paddle Witch. Oh, Pizza Paddle Witch. (laughs) Love her. I cannot wait to have her in the drawing somewhere, by the way. I can't wait to have her on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, for sure. I can't wait for her to be in the drawing either. (laughs) And, you know, this episode's got fucking Bobcat. Bobcat, yes. Can't believe they got Bobcat, you know? Season two, you know? They got Bobcat. Yeah. They got Bobcat here, and they got Gilbert Gottfried later. Like, Mm. they were just nailing 90s comedians with novelty voices in this show. They knew what they wanted, and they got it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next episode I got. Uh, the Tale of the Night Shift. Honestly, might be the perfect episode. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. That vampire is perfect. Mm-hmm. He... <laughs> I love when he lifts Amanda up <laughs> like little Simba from Lion King <laughs> dangles her over that edge. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to drop you and lick up what's left. In a children's show, Brandon. That's so That's good. gruesome. I think that might be like the best episode of the whole show so good it's up there you know they don't have to be scary but like 
the scary ones just kind of win over, like, not gonna lie. Yeah, it's kind of biased that way. What's next? So, speaking of not having to be scary, I've got The Tale of the Full Moon, (laughs) an episode that I didn't care much for when I first watched it, but god damn it, do I love that scene where Huey is in the bathtub. (laughs) Oh my god. (sighs) That's so great! It's the so mom, funny. The mom from that episode. She's one of my favorite so characters great. easily. The Calvinator. The Calvinator, yes. <laughs> the food coloring. Uh, the flamingos. The the whole uh, where she screams, door, get the Jed. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a fun episode. I think that I'm going to be so bold as to say Night Shift may be the perfect scary episode. Full Moon might be the perfect like zany funny episode yes definitely i haven't been counting is that your list or is there more (laughs) no no i've got two more here okay and they're ones we've already discussed so no big surprises here but number two tale of the dream girl Uh, damn i just called them perfect but like that is also a perfect episode (laughs) yeah that's the perfect sentimental episode in vain with like shiny red bicycle they're all very different kinds of episodes really i love them in different ways like I love Dark Dragon, but I don't love it in the same way I love Dream Girl. Right. They're very right. different episodes. I love that teenage drama. Oh my god, I know, right? That's probably not a big surprise, but uh, number one I have is The Tale of Midnight Madness. Such a good episode. Very good episode. The Nosferatu form of vampire is, to me, the creepiest and best kind of vampire. I yes. always found that vampire creepy, even though I had never seen the movie. I saw footage of it. And for some reason, I was convinced that that vampire was real. <laughs> like Dracula, Dracula was obviously a guy in a costume and makeup. But that vampire from Nosferatu, like that's a documentary. Yes, I know what you mean. It's kind of one of those vampires that like, you just kind of are born knowing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I love movies. I love movie theaters. I love Beacons of Bostick Hill or whatever that movie is <laughs> that they're playing. Yeah, I love that old lady. Oh, we didn't even talk about old ladies. There's so many old ladies. Too much for this podcast. We could start a whole new podcast about the old ladies. Gotta rank all the bomb-ass teas. So yeah, that's my list. A very comparably delicious list, Brandon. I think we're on point. Yeah, a lot of good episodes. On the comments for this episode, give us your top ten, or top three, or top one. I just want to know what episode people out there like. I want to know, like, top three from everybody. That'd be cool. Are You Afraid of the Dark is the, the kind of show that everybody can have a different opinion about it. Unless your favorite episode is Misfortune Cookie, and then just don't talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want to hear from you. All right, Brandon. So I think we're done. We're, uh, we're done with Are You Afraid of the Dark's original run of the show. Yeah. 91 episodes completed. Uh, our thoughts on each for each season is done. And our overall thoughts of the show. I'm glad we did this. A lot of fun, Brandon. I had a good time watching a show that I loved from uh, being a kid, and I got to experience it in a whole new way with you, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I didn't grow up with this show, but for the last few years, this show was a big part of my life. I thought about it (laughs) and watched it and wrote about it every single day. Yeah, we fangirled over it, essentially. So I feel like, like I'm a... I'm a super fan now. I've seen all the episodes. Even if we hated it, I think we'd still have to be a super fan. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so a lot of people want to know what we're going to do next. It's a big question. And what we're going to be doing next is the 2019 reboot. Whoa. I know, right? There's actually still more Are You Afraid of the Dark? I've said this a couple of times now, but when we started the podcast, this would have been the original end. We would have had to figure out what to do next and go from there. But since we started... But now that's future Brandon and Cortland's problem. Right. We get at least nine more weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Because not only was there a 2019 reboot, but there's also a 2021 season. And uh, And by the time we finish those, who knows? Yeah, then we'll, we'll actually have to figure out what to do next, but... For now, we're safe. We're going to be doing the 2019 reboot back in season two. I think it was when we covered season two is when the uh, 2019 reboot came out. So we have done the first episode, but we didn't do it quite in depth like we do every other episode. So I think that's what's going to happen next is uh, we're going to watch the first episode again and, and really. And take luckily, it all I've in. forgotten almost all. of it. Honestly, the only part that I really remember is the uh, campfire story part of it, which uh, I think we both it's agreed like was the best part. So yeah, we're going to be doing the 2019 reboot, the Carnival of Doom, and then we're going to be doing the new season that at this point in time, as of recording, is still going on. I think they only have three or four episodes out right now called The Curse of the Shadows. So we'll be covering those next, um, and then we will announce what we'll be doing, uh, you know, soon, soon-ish. So don't worry, we're still going to keep podcasting. It's still going to be under the umbrella of Up All Night, so don't worry about it. Are you ready to find out what's next, Brandon? <laughs> what? We, we've already seen it. What's next? I bet, All right, I, so, I, bet I can't guess what it's about. I know. <laughs> next one is called... Well, it's not even... It's not even the tale of anything, Brandon. It's just called Submitted for Approval. So I get what you're going for there. That's a thing from the show. Yeah. But you, but you know what I like? I like consistent title themes thankfully the next season curse of the shadows the episodes all start with the tale of the blah 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 so Gotta we'll come back to it but for now we have this weird um part the one tale submitted, of for, submitted approval. for approval yeah that rolls it's not even right submitted for the approval of anything it's just it's just on a dinner plate um for somebody to eat and I guess it's going to be us. So what do you think it's going to be about? Submitted for approval. Uh, I think this is going to be about local government. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some kind of petition being brought to city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe to clean up the waterways. Sounds about right. More funding for the local square dancing <laughs> competition. I don't know. I think that's probably it. Something like that. Yeah, well, next week we will find out. I'm looking forward to revisiting this one after having only briefly covered it back then. Um, You remember the Pile of Scorpions? I'm interested to see where that's going to go, Brandon. That's all I remember from it. Pile of Scorpions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know what? I think I'm done here, Brandon. We're done with the original run. Let's move on and cover uh, the next part of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. That's Are You Afraid of the Dark. Until the next time yes. on Are You Afraid of the Dark. All right. I'm out of here, Brandon. I've been up all night. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. I'll still be here. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.